welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. Each week, you will encounter me, Daniel Gundlach, as your host, guiding you along a magical route that will bring us closer to the voices of those singers that most enchant and transform us, no matter what else is going on in the world out there. Thank you for joining me on that path. This week's episode. voice. It is rare to encounter a contralto voice of this majesty, this magnitude, capable of this kind of nuance and inflection, and as we shall see, also capable of a great deal of flexibility. Who is this earth goddess, you ask? Well, it is the Mexican contralto Oralia Domingues, who lived from October 25th, 1925, to November 25th, 2013. That was, of course, one of the most beautiful melodies in all of Italian opera, Voce di Donna, from Ponchielli's La Gioconda, a 1967 studio recording on London Decca Records, and Oralia Dominguez sings the role of La Ceca, mother of La Gioconda. I'm a little under the weather because I've had so many vaccinations these past few weeks, and this last one kind of threw me for a loop. So I'm not going to do a lot of talking, but why should I talk? when we have the velvety tones of Oralia Dominguez to carry the day. Just to give you some sense of the range, scope, and flexibility of this voice, let's listen to another selection. This is from a 1959 operatic aria recital that Dominguez made for the Deutsche Grammophon label, and this is just a portion of her performance of O Mio Ferro from Donizetti's La Favorita. Sei giusto, 
some damn great Mexican opera singers out there. I've featured Francisco Araiza on a number of episodes, including one a couple years ago in honor of his 70th birthday. And in the planning stages is also an episode on that phenomenal Verdi soprano Hilda Cruz Romo, who was one of the Nico divas that I featured a couple months ago on the episode celebrating the singers of the New York City Opera in the 60s and 70s. Domingues was an artist whose career was more centered in Europe. Let me just give you a very brief biographical summary here. We already know 
that she lived through her 88th year. She was born in San Luis Potosi in northern Mexico, and she studied at the National Conservatory of Music in Mexico City. It was there that she became acquainted with the Mexican composer Carlos Chavez, who became a mentor and champion of her work. While she was a student at the conservatory, she made her first appearance as a singer in the part of La Récitante in Debussy's Gorgeous Damoiselle Élue, and in 1945 she made her debut on the operatic stage, performing the madrigal singer in Puccini's Manon Lescaut. Her professional stage debut took place at the Mexico City Opera in 1950. There exist a number of live recordings of Dominguez during those years that she was one of the great talents appearing there. But remember, if you will, that in the 1950s, the opera in Mexico City was hiring singers like Giuseppe Di Stefano, Giulietta Simeonato, Giuseppe Tadei, Mario del Monaco, and, of course, Maria Callas. Now, I'm not going to uh, let the cat out of the bag so soon, but there is a dynamic and thrilling appearance that Dominguez and Callas made opposite each other, and we will be hearing that later in the episode. For now, let's hear an excerpt of Oralia Dominguez singing the role of Charlotte, or Carlotta, as she's known in Italian, in Massenet's Verter. This is the aria Va l'esculé mes larmes, and she sang it in 1951 and 1952 in Mexico City, first opposite Cesare Valletti, and the following year opposite Giuseppe Di Stefano. Now, I must apologize for the sound of some of these recordings. Although Dominguez made a number of exceptional studio recordings, she didn't make nearly enough for my taste, or for those who, like me, revere her. So this is a stage performance in pretty lousy sound, but this is an aria that has great personal significance for me, and Dominguez gives a full throttle performance, which is not at all typical of the average Charlotte. In spite of her intensity, however, she exhibits enormous vocal control, which you hear especially in the final phrases. This performance took place on the 15th of July, 1952. <laughs>
Before we continue with the Dominguez biography, I do want to play two contrasting selections of Baroque music. As we heard in the Donizetti, in spite of her enormous voice, Dominguez really could move that voice to an impressive degree. On the other hand, she could spin out a legato line like almost nobody else. And as an example of that, we're going to hear an excerpt from her studio recording of the role of Arnalta in Monteverdi's L'Incoronazione di Popea. This was the last of three roles that she performed at Glyndebourne. But we will get to the UK connection in just a few minutes. First, just sink back into the phenomenally velvet tones and unending legato in this matchless recording. This is Raymond Lepard's edition, so there's a lot of lush orchestral textures to go with Dominguez's phenomenally enveloping voice.
as a contrasting selection, let's listen to a portion of the title role of Vivaldi's Judita Triumphans, an oratorio that depicts Judith's murder of the tyrant Holofernes. In this scene, she is going into the chamber in which he is asleep and is about to decapitate him. This is Insomno Profundo, and this is a recording from 1968 with Alberto Zedda conducting the Orchestra da Camera dell'Angelicum. her successes at the opera in Mexico City, Dominguez embarked on a European tour, which began with the recital at the Wigmore Hall in January 1953. This was followed by performances in France, Spain, Germany, and the Netherlands, and finally a debut at La Scala di Milano as the Principessa di Bouillon in Adriana Le Couvreur opposite Renata Tebaldi. During that time, Dominguez participated in a number of important recordings and sang with some pretty darn impressive conductors, including Paul Kletsky, Herbert von Karajan, Igor Markevich, Tullio Serafin, and Victor de Sabata. In the winter of 1955, Oralia Dominguez made her debut at Covent Garden in the world premiere of Michael Tippett's Midsummer Marriage. She sang the role of the clairvoyant Madame Sostris. Also appearing in that cast were Joan Sutherland and Richard Lewis. Madame Sosostris makes a cameo appearance toward the end of the opera, and the world premiere was recorded and broadcast. So let's hear just a little bit of Madame Sosostris's scene. John Pritchard leads the orchestra of the Royal Opera House, and this scene begins with Dominguez singing the words, You Who Consult Me. And by the way, she did not speak English, and she learned this part entirely phonetically. In spite of that, she makes a very impressive showing indeed. (laughs) 
We've already heard just a little bit of Domingues in French opera. I want to play a few more selections for you. First of all, a live recording from the Netherlands in February 1964 with Domingues in the role of Dalila in Camille Saint-Saëns' opera Samson et Dalila. This is another example of the incredible vocal control. I'm sure you've probably noticed already that there is both depth of tone as well as vocal clarity that manifests itself in perfectly formed vowels as well as an enormous variety of vocal colors. These virtues are all heard to great advantage in the aria that ends the first act of the opera Printemps qui commence and I think this might be my very favorite recording of Oralia Domingues.
I mentioned that Dominguez made a recital album for Deutsche Grammophon. We heard a little example from that at the very beginning of the episode. She also recorded excerpts from Bizet's Carmen, performed in German, with the Bayerisches Staatsorchester led by Ferenc Fritschai, that tragically short-lived and enormously gifted Hungarian conductor. Speaking of Hungarians, we hear the tenor Jozef Shimandi as Don Josi. I'm going to play just a portion of the final scene. It's phenomenal, the white heat that these two singers under the baton of Fritschai generate, even in the context of a sterile studio atmosphere. vocal flaws, I would say that it was a slightly short top. But, on the other hand, she was a contralto, and I don't know too many contraltos who have a high C. I'm going to play one further French excerpt for you. That is of Gluck's Divinité Distique's 
from his opera Alceste. This is a live concert performance in Dominguez's hometown that took place in the year 1980, two years before she retired from singing. I'm just going to play a portion, beginning with her singing the words Mourir pour ce qu'on aime, to die for someone that one loves, is such a sweet privilege. Another thing that I so love about Dominguez is that she is a high priestess of music. She is a channel for the most simple and powerful expression, and I think that's really borne out in this performance. On the other hand, Dominguez also had a fantastic sense of humor, both personally and on the opera stage. And one of her paraderollen, her signature roles, was that of Dame Quickly in Verdi's final opera, Falstaff. She first sang this role at Glyndebourne the year after her Covent Garden debut, and she returned time and time again. She really had a corner on the market at Glyndebourne of 
the role of Dame Quickly, which, which she most often performed opposite the great Welsh bass baritone Geraint Evans. And we are going to hear those two artists face off in this phenomenal recording from Glyndebourne in the summer of 1957. That eminent Italian maestro Vittorio Gui leads the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Stick with Dominguez in duet with some of the greatest singers of her time. You just heard Geraint Evans. Now we're going to hear Dominguez and the very young Mirella Freni performing in Rossini's Petite Messe Solanelle at the Holland Festival in the summer of 1961. This is Quitolis Peccata Mundi, and the pianist and conductor Felix de Nobel leads the pianists Nelly Wagenar and George van Rennesse and the organist. Albert de Klerk. Thank you. 
one of Dominguez's most impressive assumptions was that of the alto part in Giuseppe Verdi's Messa da Requiem, and there are numerous live and studio recordings of Dominguez in this part. We're going to hear the duet Recordare Jesu Pie, and this is a 1969 performance that took place in Paris under the baton of Jean Martinon, and we hear Dominguez in glorious duet with Martina Arroyo.
now we're going to hear Dominguez with two of the greatest divas of the day. First, Joan Sutherland. In the winter of 1960, Dominguez appeared in the role of Bradamante in a revival of Handel's Alcina, in which Joan Sutherland sang the title role. We're going to hear the trio from the end of the opera, with Dominguez as Bradamante, Sutherland as Alcina, and the marvelous British mezzo, Monica Sinclair as Ruggiero. Nicola Rechino, yet another of the eminent maestri with whom Dominguez appeared, conducts the orchestra of La Fenice. Now we're going to go way back in time, back to 1951, so that I can present a portion of that blistering duet between Aida and Amneris that opens the second act of Verdi's Aida. This was the first time that Dominguez had sung this part, and she sang it opposite none other than Maria Callas. And she gives Maria a real run for her money. These two are evenly matched, and they are playing for keeps. Let's put it that way. Oliviero de Fabritis conducts the opera orchestra of the Palacio de Bellas Artes in Mexico City. Oh, 
already heard about the great successes that Oralia Dominguez had in recital, but there are not that many examples of her singing art song. Thankfully, there is, however, a recording that was made for French radio in 1959 of Dominguez with the French pianist and coach Irene Aitoff performing Spanish and Mexican songs. I'm going to play you two songs from that concert. First, by the important Mexican composer Silvestre Revueltas, who lived from 1899 to 1940. He's known for his orchestral works, but he did write a small cache of extremely beautiful songs, including some settings by the poet Federico Garcia Lorca. This is a canción de cuna, a lullaby. The heading of the poem reads, To Mercedes, dead, we already see you asleep. Your boat is made of wood along the shore. White princess of nothingness, sleep for the dark night, body of earth and snow, sleep by dawn. Your boat is missed, dream by the shore.
The other song that we're going to hear from that French radio recital is composed by Salvador Moreno, who lived from 1916 to 1999. He's less well-known than Revueltas, but he was a real polymath. He was also an art historian and a painter, and also composed an opera called Severino that premiered in the early 1960s. This is a setting of a poem by the Mexican writer Edmundo Baez, who was a contemporary of Moreno's. It's called Cancion de la Parca Triste. The sad boat travels through the sky and the water to the land of dreams. I'm so happy to have been able to present this extraordinary singer to you today, and I hope that you have enjoyed her and learned from her as much as I have. I have read a few accounts of Dominguez's late years, and evidently she had absolutely no interest in reliving or even discussing her singing career with anyone. She died in Milano, the city to which she had retired on the 25th of November 2013. In recent years, there has been a great surge of interest in her work, and indeed, there was so much material that is available, much of it live, that I am creating a bonus episode as well for my Patreon supporters that I will be posting alongside this one. That will feature work by Lili Boulanger, Fernando Obradors, and Wagner, Also included will be a number of extended operatic scenes. I also was made aware, after the fact, of an album of Lieder that was recorded in the mid-70s by last week's subject, Grace Bumbry, and I'm posting that in a separate bonus episode, so that those who enjoyed the exploration of Ms. Bumbry's career can further enjoy her prowess as a Lieder singer. 
for those who are interested in obtaining access to those and to supporting the podcast, please go to patreon.com slash countermelody, where you can make a monthly or a yearly donation. And if you enjoy the podcast, I would strongly encourage you to consider making a contribution. I'm going to close with a selection from Mahler's Das Lied von der Erde, the alto part of which was, one might say, tailor-made for a singer of the depth of expression and the beauty of voice of a singer like Oralia Dominguez. We're going to listen to the fourth song, Von der Schönheit, where the maidens placidly picking flowers on the banks of the river are suddenly interrupted by a group of young soldiers on horseback. And as the tumult subsides, the most beautiful of the girls looks behind her longingly at the handsomest of those riders. This is a live performance that was conducted by Paul Kletsky, leading the Wiener Symphonica in Vienna that took place almost exactly 68 years ago, on the 12th of November Thank <laughs> you. 
my dear friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach. <laughs>